What's this all about? I murmured, standing in front of Easy Storage Garage Door Number 105. I inserted the key and heard the mechanism click. My fingers quivered as I struggled with the lock. I raised the door, and the rollers screeched as if a car were skidding through an intersection just before impact. What the hell? There rested a candy apple red Pontiac GTO convertible, just like my brother's 66 classic muscle car. The last time I saw Rich's GTO was in the driveway where he abandoned it in favor of his thumb. When he came back from Vietnam, he hitchhiked everywhere he needed to go or bummed a ride from me or one of my friends. I walked around the dust-covered car. All four tires were flat. Krager alloy wheels supported it. I bumped my head on the doorframe as I hunched over to sit in the driver's seat. I saw a key in the ignition and two below dangling on a ring. I turned the ignition. Silence. I pulled down the visor and a Polaroid snapshot fell in my lap. Rich and Diane on their wedding day in 65. I picked it up with my left hand and my right floated above, tracing but not touching the image. Rich was in his Marine Corps dress blues, and Diane wore a simple white wedding gown with a pillbox veil. They were so young and happy, standing on the threshold of their dreams, unaware of how their circumstances would transform them over the next few years. There was no question that their blissful image matched the one I've cloistered in my mind for decades. You both ruined it, though, didn't you? Whose fault was it? Rich's because he went to war, or Diane's because she wouldn't wait for him. I shook my head and sighed before tucking the photo in my shirt pocket. I reached to open the glove box. After inserting two different keys, I found the one that fit. Inside was a 66 GTO owner's manual along with registration and insurance cards. I raised them to the windshield for more light. My brother's name was on both documents. They had expired in May 1970, one month before he left for Corrales, New Mexico. Beads of sweat began to form on my forehead, and my hands felt clammy. Then a voice came out of nowhere. It took you long enough to get here. What did you expect? Mom's 51 Merc? I was supercharged, as if I had just chugged a can of Red Bull. I grabbed the handle and shoved the door wide open, banging it with my shoulder. I was halfway out when I heard, Where are you going, bro? It's only me. Only you? My heart was pounding. Where the hell was his voice coming from? I fell back into the driver's seat as if I had plunged into salt water, ten feet below the surface and sinking fast. Just breathe. Underwater? I took a deep breath, uncertain if it would be my last. Just keep breathing. I pressed the heels of my palms into my eyes and rubbed. Can that really be my brother's voice? After all these years, do I really want to dredge up wreckage from the depths of a sea called Rich's Life? Hoping to insulate myself from any further infiltration from the past, I squeezed my eyes shut and covered them with my hands. I reminded myself to focus on the present the here and now. I know you're here, Danny, so you can open your eyes. I spread my fingers apart and peered between them, hoping that I'd wake up from this freaky dream. 
It's not a dream, man. It's for real. I turned and saw his silhouette in the passenger seat. I squinted, and his profile came into focus. He wore a red and blue Indian bead headband. His unruly long brown hair framed his face and exploded into curls, some grazing his shoulders. When he turned and gave me his gap-toothed smile, I knew it was rich. He looked exactly like he had the last time I saw him in the summer of 70. This can't be happening. So many years have passed. It can't be you.